Hey Beautiful, the podcast where we binge and recap every episode of How I Met Your Mother, no spoilers. So suit up, grab a sandwich, and settle in. It's Kate here, week two of Caitlin's vacation. So I am happy to welcome back my lovely wife, Liz. Hey, friends. <laughs> it is the July of lesbian couple podcasting realness. No doubt. You feel good about it? Feel great. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, good. Lesbians are in power right now. Did you not oh watch my the God. World Cup? Yes. That was great. It's very true. Yeah, we're running the world right now. We're riding high on that, that's for sure. Pinot 2020, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I'm <clears throat> going to get right into it. Today we're talking about 10 sessions where Ted wears Stella down like a tattoo removal laser. And just a couple little updates from the Himium universe. The first one is about um, a little contest we played on Twitter that nobody won. So we asked, we asked you all out there to give us the top two phrases from Himyam that Caitlin and I randomly quote to each other via text or in person. And there were so many good guesses because there are so many quotable phrases. But I guess the ones we say are really obscure because nobody guessed either one, even with a couple little hints. Um, so the first one is one you probably don't even know. Oh. Um, it's from Columns, which is the, an episode that neither of us liked very much. But there is a great moment where Ted is talking to the um, – he's like the – the CEO, like the head of the architecture firm where he works, but he's like a senile old man. He's like one of the partners, right? And the and the CEO is like telling him to fire everybody, even Mosby. And Ted's like, oh, I, I hear Mosby's pretty cool. And so the guy says, tell Mosby he's on thin ice. And so that's one that we say to each other a lot. <laughs> Nobody would have guessed that. And one. then the follow-up of, I like you, Crosby, which is what he calls Chad. So that's one of them. And then the other one is one I was surprised no one got because Caitlin and I devolve into it pretty regularly on the podcast. And Caitlin even posted a photo of herself reenacting this quote recently, which is when Lily comes back from San Francisco and she's following Marshall's new love interest, Chloe, but she doesn't want Chloe to see her. So she has the backpack on and then she has the coat on and she looks like a little hunchback. And as she's following Chloe down the street, she yells, turn around, Chloe. <laughs> and so that's the other one that we do to each other. Wow. Wonder so- why nobody calls us. <laughs> So, so mainstream. I really yeah. thought that someone would get at least the turnaround Chloe, because like just last week I posted a, a picture of it. But thank you, everybody, for guessing. We'll do another contest um, for some Hey Beautiful swag that will be a little bit easier. The target will be bigger than the size of a, <laughs> a uh, really random quote. <laughs> Seriously. So there's that. Um, the other reminder is just about our swag. Uh, you can go over to zazzle.com slash heybeautifulpod, get yourself a t-shirt or a mug or a button or some stickers um, just to show your support for the show. Now, are you ready to talk about 10 sessions? Yeah. All right, let's do it. This episode of Hey Beautiful is brought to you by our Patreon Almighty Five level members, Russell, Tish, and Johnny. 
Thank you for your support, and to all of our patrons, you are truly legendary. Hey Beautiful Patreon members get cool, Himium-themed perks every single month, from bonus episodes to fun new recipes to private live streams with us. To learn more and sign up, visit patreon.com slash heybeautifulpod. This is Season 3, Episode 13, 10 Sessions. It originally aired on March 24th, 2008. Our writers are Carter Bays, Craig Thomas, and Chris Harris. And we know it's a Carter and Craig episode because it's very Ted-heavy and very focused on the longer arc of the story. Um, And, of course, our director, as always, is the wonderful Pam Fryman, who did an exquisite job with uh, specifically one scene here. We open on the dermatologist's office. This is the second time we've seen this on the show. And um, just for timeline purposes, this scene happened before the episode Platinum Rule because Ted is getting ready to go on a date after meeting Stella. So it's a couple episodes back that they've jumped back just to show us that initial meeting with Stella. Um, And right away, we get a pretty amazing guest star. It's Britney, bitch. It's Britney, bitch. Oh, yeah. Are you so excited to see Britney Spears on this show? So excited. (laughs) You know, when I look at Britney, I'm like, she's a natural actress. Natural actress. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Really comes out in this this (laughs) show. Yeah, you know, her performance has grown on me over time. Um, But for some context, this was, this episode came out. So March 2008, this episode aired just a little over a year after her full-scale public breakdown Hmm. in February 2007. So, I mean, she was pretty fresh Mm -hmm. out of some serious shit. And for the children who don't know what happened, she was in rehab. She checked herself out, immediately shaved her head, hence the the wigs that we have in this this episode, which we'll talk about. Um, And then got caught by the paparazzi attacking a car with an umbrella. Do you remember all of that? I don't ever remember the umbrella thing. What? No. I remember her shaving her head and how dramatic that was and all that. But I don't ever remember seeing the umbrella thing. Yeah. And then there was, you know, an attempted comeback. And now there's all kinds of drama with the the conservatorship because it's, what, like 12 years later? Yeah, that's when that all started. Yeah. So now she's still under conservatorship of her father. And there's, like, a big conspiracy theory that she's being held against her will. and Free Britney! Hashtag Free Britney until we hear otherwise. Um, but, yeah, so she's... Uh, it's nice that they, they gave her some some work at this point because she was in, a, in an interesting place. So, immediately after seeing Britney, though, we also see Sarah Chalk, a.k.a. Stella... Um, who you might know better as Becky Number Two from Roseanne or Elliot from Scrubs. Did you watch either of those shows? Roseanne all day, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But not the Scrubs. Uh, no. It was too kitschy for me. Too kitschy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I gotcha. So Sarah Chalk plays Stella, who is the dermatologist that is um, Ted's 
target basically in this episode seriously that's a that's a gentle word i mean he was very (laughs) aggressive really going for it really focused and uh britney is her receptionist so right away we know that britney's in love with ted and ted is falling for stella this is the second dermatologist that ted has tried to nail down basically the first one was in season one when he got matched with a a woman on love solutions who was already engaged and he went and tried to break that woman out of her engagement so he gets pretty desperate about dermatologists. I don't know. Seriously. What it is. Is it the white coat? I An really... architect should be with a doctor. Right? I don't know what it yes. is. Um, so, yeah, they seem to have instant chemistry. And uh, Ted makes a very cute joke about his, his butterfly tattoo starting out as a caterpillar. Then she says, we, we can get rid of your tattoo in 10 one-hour sessions. So there's the ticking clock for the episode. We know that that's sort of the frame that we're working in is we're going to see the progression of the 10 episodes, uh, the 10 sessions. Um, and so they start talking about horrible movies because, you know, people like Ted and Stella like to hate watch terrible cult classic movies. <laughs> um, and this leads to her inviting him to a movie, which sounds like she's asking him out. Very casually, yes. Like, I just don't... Like, oh, yeah, come on. Like, just... Right. I would have misread that signal as oh, well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And then the... Assuming that he's going to pay for all of your friends too, like yeah, you never weird. communicated that that was what. So I mean, she I didn't communicate very well. In they that. took some liberties there to make it funny, for sure, for, for sure. sure. Um, so that was a little strange, um, but because of that, we get a great scene in the theater of <laughs> Stella's friends playing telephone, basically between the two of them. I just love her friends. I would I would watch another episode with those three those three women. Yeah, in me it. too. Me something too. about them that was really cool. Yeah. And as they're passing word back about Stella not being able to date her patients, um, the entire theater has heard them. And this guy just goes, we all got it. Ted's a schmuck. And everyone laughs. Ted is at his best when he's being super charming or being humiliated, honestly. Yeah. Like, those are, those are the times when he's, he's the best. But in that... In that admission that she can't date him because he's a patient, he apparently sees this opening where in 10 sessions, he'll be able to ask her out again. Right. He won't be a patient in 10 short sessions. Right. So let the countdown begin. So session one, Ted tells her that he wants to ask her out um, because obviously he's embarrassed about the night before or the, the, set, the, the night they went out. And Stella says she's still going to say no, no matter what. And of course, this is when Ted you know, gets a bone and won't let go of it. He starts asking her if she's married or has a boyfriend or if she's a lesbian or if she only dates black guys, which is a little iffy joke there. Like, he just can't believe that she would say no. I mean, obviously, as long as it's none of those things, she should say yes. Exactly, right. Like, couldn't none of be those, anything else. None of those disqualifying those, things. Those, those minute details. Right. If know? she's not if with a woman or married, right. then... Obviously, he's, she's going to say yes to him. God. But I love that they cut over to the bar, and there's Robin, who was also dogged down for like a full year after saying no mm-hmm. repeatedly, and she's just sitting there, what could she mean when she says no? Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, she got the full Ted treatment. A few other people should have said no about that as well. But yeah. Hey, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Barney tried. You can't turn it into a yes. You can't turn it into a yes. And Robin just looks phenomenal in this episode. I don't know what it is, but her hair is gorgeous. I feel like the styling is really, uh, really nailed for Robin in this episode. 
Ted says it's not over, which because, of course, until Ted's tired of it, it's never over. And we get this setup of what's going to happen over the next 10 weeks. So he says, you know, a lot can change. Do you even know what you want for lunch in 10 weeks? Of course, Marshall knows exactly what Absolutely. he wants. Absolutely. Shrimp, cocktail, a milkshake, and a sloppy joe. That's right. <laughs> Sounds like a pretty good lunch, except you hate sloppy joes. hate sloppy joes. <laughs> and I love them. That's an absolute no. Don't bring that garbage in this house, just like the Ouija board. <laughs> <laughs> just like the Ouija board. You can eat the shrimp cocktail, and I'll have the sloppy joe. I guess we'll share the milkshake. Yeah. <laughs> so you can look for that combo later on that'll signal we've reached the end of the 10 weeks. Um, and then Barney jumps in saying that he cannot turn it into a yes because women decide if they want to sleep with a man within the first 8.3 seconds of meeting 8. them. 8.3, yep. And Barney always uses the statistic of 83%, yep. so this is another play on that joke. And so he asks Ted to explain his first few seconds with Stella, and we get a flashback to uh, her calling out for the lower back tattoo of a butterfly. And he and this lovely young woman stand up at the same time. And so, humiliation number one, complete. And you laughed both times we watched this at this joke from Robin, where <laughs> Ted says that he is like stairway to heaven. Yeah, he's not top 40. <laughs> yeah, because he's being it's so pretentious. Time. And so she says, oh, Roger Daltrey's rolling over in his grave. <laughs> yeah. And for some reason, everyone not laughing at her just <laughs> yeah, tickled you, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> She's like, not it, huh? Not yeah. it, not, even, not dead? No? no. Not even close. <laughs> Lily says she believes in Ted, and now she's inspired to not bite her nails for 10 weeks because they're both going to be, like, challenging themselves. So mm-hmm. that's another one. You can watch her nails get longer as the episode goes on, and we'll see little hints of that um, so we know where we're at in the time period. Yeah, the whole idea of turning a no into a yes uh, died in the early <laughs> 2000s. Um Right around 2008. <laughs> right around the Me Too movement. This, was, this, <laughs> this you know? episode was the last throes of it. Yeah. We're just waiting for it to die. But I mean, even later, Barney says, like, Barney always gets the yes. But I mean, he doesn't really say that he's necessarily taking a no into a yes. But yeah, so that's not a that's not a joke that they would have made today. And we know that. But also, Barney doesn't spend a lot of time on anyone, so. <laughs> right. He would he's never, a numbers guy. He would never do Somebody this. will say yes. Yeah. That's Ten true. weeks on one girl? No. As fucking if. No, no. no. Yeah. Then we get Brittany's first little funny moment where uh, Barney asks how the rest of the session went. Like if, you know, that giving him more time would have worked. And he's just like screaming like a little baby <laughs> from the laser. And Brittany runs in and says, Doctor, are you okay? I heard a woman screaming. <laughs> and we were talking about... You asked me if you think that she is this bad of an actress or if they wanted. It was hard to watch her. <laughs> I have a lot more sympathy now that you've mentioned that it was just it was after very her. soon after that Her stuff. whole situation, but it's hard to watch her. But I think, yeah, and I, I think they did want somebody who was sort of dead in the eyes, um, you know, no social cues. And she did that well. I mean... I don't know if well is the word. (laughs) She did it. (laughs) She fully did it. She fully did it. And it was, yeah, for you it was hard to watch. I've seen it so many times that I'm like Teflon to it, I guess. But it is a little cringy. Yeah. You know who would have been good in this role? Who? Gina from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Ooh. I feel like she could play that hard, But she's not dumb enough. No, not in Brooklyn Nine-Nine she is. Oh, you think she could play that dumb? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I can see that. 
Chelsea Peretti. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. You love her. I do. She's so funny. I do. She's a, she's a good lady. But one interesting thing about Britney starring in this episode or guest starring, Neil Patrick Harris went on the record saying he didn't like her being on the show. Because, not because of her, but mm-hmm. because he thought that it sort of cheapened the show. Like, mm. they didn't need these, all like these a guest gimmick. stars. Because, yeah. I mean, just in season three alone, we've had Mandy Moore, we've had Enrique Iglesias, and now mm-hmm. Brittany. It's like mm-hmm. all these early 2000s mm-hmm. pop stars. Um, and I think he was, and because it was so recent after her controversy, mm-hmm. I think he was like, this is not the direction mm-hmm. that I thought we would be heading. And, I mean, they don't, they don't continue to do this. I think they all realized that it was not. Not the best fit. Interesting. Not the best fit. Yeah, well, I mean, How I Met Your Mother stands on its own. Right, exactly. So, and that's what he was basically yeah. saying, that we don't need... Right. We don't need that. So over the next few sessions, you know, we sort of zoom through the next few of Ted putting on the charm, you know, talking about how he worked with inner city kids and did a session all in French. And Stella's French is... Sarah Chalk's French is pretty good. Not bad. I is mean, Ted's... He was just saying we. Like, he didn't say very there much. But her, I mean, she was really speaking French. There you go. I heard brown hair was about <laughs> all you could really hear. Um, but she's Canadian, so, I mean, they all learn French. Is that true? In, like, the, especially, specifically the French-speaking areas, but everything well, yeah, but in I, French is... I mean, I could imagine, like, in, like, Ontario and Ottawa. Is Ottawa in Ontario? Yes. Yeah. Like, in Ontario and, like, places that are, like, just surrounding yeah. Quebec, but, like, in Vancouver... I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I, I assume because it's a, a bilingual country and all, everything is in two languages, mm. that French is at least one of the popular sure. languages to learn. Sure, 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 sure. Um, but she was very good at it. And then we see Ted juggling as a special trick. I must say, guys, I did learn to juggle to impress a girl one oh time. Oh, my God. And it fucking worked. So, nice job, Ted. Smart. Wicked smart. Smart move to juggle <laughs> for a girl. Okay. Like a guy from Ohio, you know? It's like <laughs> Midwest talent? No. Midwest This talent. was definitely an East Coast girl I was trying to impress and it works. Okay, well. Little pro tip. Will ya? Little Fucking pro tip. <laughs> <laughs> and so Barney makes fun of him for juggling and Ted then makes fun of Barney for his magic tricks. And Ted tries to just move on without really talking about it much, but Barney will not be ignored. And so <laughs> he just sets a, you know, one of his sparky fireballs off and everybody freaks out. Like the scene just completely stops. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, uh, Wendy comes over and tells them it's a fire code violation and Robin covers her glass. There's alcohol in here. <laughs> and Lily banishes him to a timeout in the other booth as any good kindergarten teacher would. So at this point, Ted's talking a lot about I can do it. I can make her like me. I can make her say yes. And while, of course, you cannot force somebody to like you, uh, here I'm going to give Ted the benefit of the doubt that it's pretty clear from all signs that she's giving off that she is enjoying this time. I agree with that. You know what I mean? It's not like she is putting out very clear signals that she doesn't want to do anything with him. And so it's a lot like Robin where... That connection was there, but there was, like, some sort of wall Mm -hmm, between mm -hmm. them. Lily encourages him to keep going because she's really proud of her nails. And she... (laughs) Don't stop now. (laughs) Yeah. And she says it's a very specific challenge because it must be hard to uh, seduce somebody with your naked butt in their face. (laughs) 
And we get a great line from Marshall of, <laughs> it works for baboons. It's called presenting. It's called presenting. <laughs> I love the way he says it. Uh, so Barney still wants to participate. He's at the table behind them just yelling things. And Robin keeps talking like he's sitting right next to her. <laughs> um, and she says sometimes persistence does pay off because, you know, she eventually said yes too. Um, but Barney thinks that he's talking, she's talking about him. Yeah. Is that like um, a preview of things to come? Well, it's I, it's a flashback to, I think, I don't, there might be, she might be alluding to him like just constantly trying mm-hmm, to sleep with her mm-hmm. because they're both single. Um, but in Zip Zip Zip, which is in season one with Victoria, um, the Barney and Robin storyline is she invites him over after laser tag to play Battleship. Mm-hmm. And when she's out of the room, Barney gets naked. Oh, yeah. And he's yeah. like, I thought that's what you wanted to do. And so then they talk about it. And she's like, no, we're friends. Like, that would be weird. Mm. And so I think it's an allusion to that. Mm. But also, he has probably tried. I'm sure. Lots of times. I'm sure. And she always has the same answer from what it sounds like. Yeah. Um, so Ted's trying to think of, like, what the angle is to, to get in with Stella. And what would, what would change her mind and, you know, soften her. And um, we flash to... One of the sessions when um, Abby is on the phone being yelled at by a very angry man, which we now know was Barney. <laughs> and uh, it's clear that Stella feels bad for her and she says that she wishes her patients were nice. So um, he sees he sees a, another little opening there. Another wrong angle, if you will. Another wrong <laughs> angle, right. And we'll talk about the triangle in a little bit once we learn a little bit more about Stella. So at session six, he brings Abby coffee and a pastry, but it's very clear that he's doing it only for the look. Yeah. For the optics. Yeah. Only for for Stella. Because he fucking pulls it away from her. (laughs) She turns away. (laughs) And Brittany's just sitting there like this like plastered (sighs) smile on her face waiting for it to to happen (laughs) for real. Session seven... Stella says she's going to break her big rule. Break it. Yes. So desperate to hear what the break, <laughs> breaking of the rule is. So oh, confident about God. it, too. Right? But apparently she has two big rules. One is you don't date your patients, and two, you don't try to set people up. I'm thinking the other rule is. Yeah, maybe. Because, like. Well, that wasn't very clear, but yeah, yeah. this wasn't the rule. Man, maybe her and Barney should date with all the rules. Fucking you know? all these rules. Everybody's got big rules. <laughs> so she asks Ted out on behalf of Abby to go bowling with her church group. So Abby's whole thing makes a little more sense mm-hmm. when you learn that she's also um, extremely sheltered. And um, there's a very awkward scene where Ted doesn't know who Abby is. And he says, I thought you said Alan. And it just goes, who's Alan? Who's Abby? And it's just, oof, very, very much cringy. And and Josh Radner doing some of his best awkward work. Back at the book bar, Lily says, okay, no more gimmicks. Gimmicks need to be over. And there's a really cute moment that I didn't catch in all of the times I've watched this until earlier this week when we, when we hmm. watched it, which is... Lily's nails are now long enough to give Marshall a really good back scratch. A good back scratch. Which Liz really loves. I, I request more than I should. Literally every day. <laughs> every day. Twice a day on the weekends or more. No doubt. No yeah. doubt. That's true. We got time. And I have no nails because I'm a nail biter like Lily. So, But I still make it work. <laughs> it's still great. Yeah. <laughs> so he's just sitting there getting the best back scratch of his life. But Ted's not done with gimmicks. He's got one more gimmick he wants to try. And that's... Um, 
the book The Power of Me, which he saw in her office. And everybody at the table groans when he mentions this book. So I guess this was at the time in this universe that was like the self-help bullshit that everybody was buying Mm -hmm. into. Everyone groans except Marshall, if you watch. He's like excited to talk about it. (laughs) Yeah. And now we know that's because it's his copy that was left in Stella's office. Yeah. So at this point in the story, Barney has already gone to see her. Marshall's already gone to see her. And Ted has no idea. Interesting. Boys are doing a lot of work for Ted. Yeah, right? It's kind of cute. <laughs> Checking her out like, what's this bitch's deal? <laughs> yeah. How could you say no to our Teddy boy? And we think on the first watch that Marshall's joke about, oh, I, I got complete memory from this book, but I don't know where I left it. It's just like a throwaway. But now we know where it ended up. Session eight. Um, Ted walks in, having burned his way through most of Power of Me. And Abby's lost her glasses and seems to be really laying on the flirt, just trying to be you know, super pretty and approachable. And, you know, everyone knows you take your glasses off and you're immediately more beautiful. It's very, it's very, um, she's all that, you know? It's like the nerdy girl. I mean, I don't know because you bought new glasses, (laughs) showed up with them today, and I was like, what's up? (laughs) So I don't know what they're talking about. Take the glasses off. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, boo. And she has a great little line, and my friend Lee guessed that this was the most quoted line, which is when... Abby says, that's funny, smart, and great. And it is one that I really <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah. Um, so that stuff she really nails, just like those dead eye, those dead eye um, comments. Stella rushes into the appointment late, and we get the first mention that she usually only has two minutes for lunch. Which I thought was very unprofessional, showing up and then throwing her food in the basket <laughs> in the come on. Oh, sorry. Come on. But I mean, they're like friends at this point. Okay. It's very familiar. I guess I just have to suspend disbelief in that moment, right? It's just a setup for something else. It's a setup for the two minute day, (laughs) which is the last the the last gimmick. Right. Yeah, that's right. The final gimmick. Mm -hmm. Ted tries to talk about the power of me, but it turns out it's not hers. So she did all he did all that fucking reading for no reason. Another wrong angle, as you said. Mm -hmm. And Ted tries to act like he thinks the book is stupid too, but Abby comes running in with the receipts. Oh, Ted, your book. You accidentally threw it in the garbage. In the sheets, in the print. <laughs> Look, it's from. it says from the library of Ted Mosby. <laughs> it's you. <laughs> so good. And you can see Stella just loving it in the background. <laughs> like, hmm, wow, what's that? At this point, everyone's pretty much tired of hearing about Ted being humiliated. And so Robin says it's nail the receptionist time. And on just another note about the styling in this episode, Barney and Robin just look so much nicer than everybody else yeah. for some reason. Like, they just looked fucking sleek. Yeah, they look sharp. Really chic. Um, and she's got, like, this brown top on that matches, like, the stripes in Barney's tie that are brown. Like, they look very color-coordinated. Mm. So that does seem like mm. that might be hinting at something. And yeah. it's also the first time we get a hint of the fact that Barney's sort of been pursuing her even you know, informally. So very interesting. So Ted says he still likes Stella, not Abby, but Barney's like, hey, your girl's not perfect. I have a secret about her. But first he has to go to the bathroom. And we cut to black and we come back and Barney's coming back from the bathroom and it's just classic Barney. (laughs) Every time. Where he has forgotten what he was going to say. He just turns to Rob and he's like, what's going on at work? What's going on? Left this huge cliffhanger for Ted. So we find out that, this is when we find out that Barney was the one who called to to set up a, an appointment just to see, see Stella. I want to see her. I want to look at her. <laughs> That's all. 
And so he was the person flipping out on the phone. And it's just a, you know, a great thing how I met your mother does with, with time and sort of giving you the story out of order. And, um, I was saying, you don't really even know if he actually went down there at this point because she, Abby hung up on him. Yeah. So it's possible that he never went and then the, this entire mm-hmm. thing is bullshit mm-hmm. because nothing happened like with Marshall when right. he went, you know? So I'm like, did he even fucking go down there? I bet he didn't. Um, so Stella asks Abby in front of her patient if he's heard, if she's heard from her hypnotherapist. And apparently she's getting treated for folliculophilia, <laughs> which uh, is apparently an affliction where she can only be attracted to men with mustaches. What's that like? I don't know. Me neither. I only like women with mustaches. <laughs> <laughs> that feels like a read. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, I don't know, but I have a lot of friends that love men and beards. Yeah. I wonder if, I mean, what's that called? It's got to be something Well, folliculophilia, but... I mean, follicula, I think that just means like hair. Mm. Like you love hair. And he's mm. just like using it to mm-hmm, mean mm-hmm, that you love mm-hmm. mustaches. Um, so Ted acts like he doesn't believe this and that there's no way. Um, but then Robin says, I got it a little bit. <laughs> And so in Ted's mind, because he's desperate and Barney knows he's fucking desperate, it's this, it's, it's something about him that he doesn't have that he thinks is the, is the disqualifier. Yeah. Like, oh, that makes sense. It would be something that weird. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Right. Couldn't just be that she doesn't like you. Right. So he'll believe anything at this point. If she's getting treated for this obsession with mustaches. <laughs> it means that maybe she doesn't want to have this obsession. So if you show up with a mustache. Right. She's trying to get over it. We'll see. <laughs> well, Ted didn't think about that. Because then he <laughs> walks not. in with like the most fucking prepubescent, <laughs> weak little, you know, what, two week mustache. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't know how much time there is between sessions. But. Yeah. And immediately Stella just fucking dies. Can't, can't keep it together. Yeah. Hi, Ted. Love the stash. <laughs> See, Brittany has a couple of good lines, I think. <laughs> she does. And, of course, Barney's really just fucking thrilled that this worked the way he wanted it to. And he reminds Ted that a year ago, Ted agreed to bet that Barney couldn't make him grow a mustache. <laughs> fucking idiot. Got him. Got him. And Barney says he didn't need to bet $10. He would have done it for free. <laughs> Ted decides he's not, he's just over it. This is it. Like that was the, that was the final gimmick. There's always one more, right? And Lily says, no, no, no. You have to ask her because she likes you. She said so herself. And Lily's a classic blurter. <laughs> yeah. Blurting it out when she Good knows the blurter. And um, it turns out Barney was not the only one to investigate Stella. And now we know that this is how the power of me got into Stella's office because Marshall was reading it while waiting for his appointment with her. And Marshall just has no chill. He immediately jumps in and he's like, oh, my wife, my dry elbows. Speaking of wives, are you married? Do you have a boyfriend? Is there someone you're interested in? <laughs> yeah. Just really lame. What a wingman, you know? Yeah, he's just so <laughs> sweet. But before Stella can say anything, she notices this irregular mole on his neck and then she launches into talking about Ted, but the sound cuts out, and you just hear this very, like, somber piano of Marshall's thoughts 
just being terrified that this is like the end of his life. And it's so good. And he fucking snaps at her about it. He's like, I'm dying here, woman. Stop talking about your other patients. Um, but once he comes down, Stella confirms that she has a little crush on Ted. So at this point, Ted is really excited because he knows he has facts that she actually yeah. does like him. Yeah. So he thinks it's a fucking shoo-in, right? Yeah. He's ready. And he goes in there and it's like the most important question he's ever asked anyone across this fucking table. And he says, would you like to go to dinner with me? And she starts this easy letdown of like, I really think you're great. And he's like, oh my God, I'm going to kill Marshall. <laughs> right. He's like, this hurts worse than the laser. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's Just a good like line. the final kill of the ego. <laughs> yeah. Um, so instead of saying no, though, she tells him that she has a daughter and that's why she doesn't date. Um, and then we also hear this little throwaway line that she's only been to a party, one party in the last year, St. Patrick's Day. And we found out during No Tomorrow that the mother was at the same St. Patrick's Day party that he was. So what does this mean? What does it mean? We don't know. We're going to have to wait and find out. This could be a huge clue. But we'll find out maybe soon, maybe not. <laughs> So she says the only free time she has is two minutes for lunch. And, you know, Ted sort of puts a pin in that. And uh, they say their goodbyes. And and she says, if you wake up with a dolphin tattoo on your ankle, give me a call. Allison Hannigan has that tattoo. And that's why they use that line. That's Lily. Oh. <laughs> Let's just know. I don't know. Who's I don't that? know anyone's that's, name. That's Lily. That's Lily. <laughs> um, and this is where they should have cut to Ted getting a dolphin tattoo on his ankle. That's what I, that, that was really Out cute, of pure yeah. desperation to have more time to convince Stella. Ted's back at the bar and um, we see that it's officially 10 weeks later because Lily has these insanely long nails and there's Marshall's ridiculous decadent trashy lunch <laughs> so proud of it too. so proud he's so proud of it he loves it that was what he wanted he's offering it up he knew ted says you know i knew she was gonna say no and then he realizes she didn't say no all she said was i have a daughter so he goes down and he meets her as she's coming out for work and i love her outfit she looks so cute and ted tells her that she didn't say no and so he asks her out on a Himium classic moment, the two-minute date. The two-minute date. Which Josh Radner has said is his favorite moment of How I Met Your Mother. Huh. Yeah. It was very well done. Wasn't it sweet? Yeah. It's all one shot. Mm-hmm. There's no mm-hmm. cuts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is like Pam Fryman did an incredible job with this, mm-hmm. with directing this. Um, and Josh and um, Sarah did amazing as well. Um, and this is just Ted at his best and his most charming. You know, it's this big, sweet, romantic gesture. And we get to see Ranjit again driving the cab. Yep. And, you know, he takes them like five feet over, five feet over for dinner and then a movie. And um, they go to see one of the horrible movies that they have been talking about together. And Wendy the waitress is the waitress. And it's just a really, really sweet Really sweet, charming thing. And you see Stella sort of warm up to it. First, she's kind of confused. And then she really gets into it and, and just gets to relax and enjoy it. And, I mean, you can't beat, you can't beat Ted in those moments. And no doubt. Ted I, and his grand gestures. Right? They're great. Yeah. They're so thoughtful. And 
I love all the little quick first date chats. Like, where'd you go to mm-hmm. college? Oh, do you know this guy? Do you mm-hmm. know this guy? And then like, oh, are you nervous? Oh, I can't really tell. <laughs> Just like these sweet little things that happen on like every first date, mm-hmm. you know? So um, we learned that uh, Lucy is in third grade. We find out that Stella is allergic to flowers. And then we get a very sweet little goodnight kiss. Yeah. That Stella allowed herself to be late for. And a little chat about the date and about, you know, next steps, which is like very up in the air. Puts the date at two minutes and 20 seconds. The official time. So, I mean, they really did a two-minute date. Yeah. Which is really cool. So, this chat brings up the triangle because for Ted and Robin, they had chemistry and they had timing, but Mm -hmm. they didn't have the compatibility. Yep. Because Ted wanted to be married with kids and Robin didn't, right? Mm -hmm. Stella and Ted have chemistry and compatibility, but the timing. timing. And that's... I think the most that's maddening. That's hard to swallow. Yeah, that one's hard to swallow. That's for the sure. most maddening one because it's like everything could be perfect if it was right. like, right? <sighs> yeah, we'd met at a different time. Yeah, and there's just nothing you can do about it. No, it's very sad. Don't force it, Ted. Don't force it. So, um, but we haven't seen Ted able to really be charming and romantic like this in a while. So mm-hmm. it's it's nice to see him excited about something real. I had like a sentimental moment as I was watching this and I was just thinking that back when I was single, I was worried that I wouldn't find a real, something super real mm-hmm. and like very romantic and mm-hmm. like, oh, maybe I'm the only one that feels this way and wants that. But then watching stuff like this, people created this moment, right? Like yeah. this was in people's brains. So yeah. it's like people are capable of that, mm-hmm. that deep mm-hmm. and creative grand gesture of love Mm -hmm. like people say like oh ted mosby's not real it's like well people real people created him and gave him those moments and those ideas Mm -hmm. so like the people's hearts are good and they exist and they're real so that was always very encouraging to me to see how much romance was in this show Mm, yeah you know and not in like a cheesy way in like a really sweet way of course though we got to cut through all the lovey-dovey stuff and with ted left on the sidewalk after stella goes in abby sees him and she thinks the flowers are for her, and so she runs at him. He's just standing there with them right, just holding Oof. them perfectly to say, these are for you, really. God damn I it. mean, the positioning uh, is all wrong. <laughs> oh, God. And it's a, it reminded me of um, when Marshall was single, and Brad was single, too, and they kept going on dates. Yeah. And then Marshall shows up to, you know, bro out at a wedding with him, and Brad's standing there with calla lilies. Because <laughs> he hadn't told him that he was, you know, bringing Kara. So, very sweet. Um, beautiful episode. And then at the end, we see Abby venting about Ted to somebody, and it turns out to be Barney. Um, and he, you know, of course lies to her and says he's going to take her out and treat her the way she's meant to be treated. And, oh, but before I do that, we got to stop at my hotel because my bed was broken. <laughs> I just want to make sure I fi- they fixed it. And then we get one of the one of the most jiffable moments of the show. I see the, this jiff a lot of... Abby's saying, oh, well, if it's fixed, can we have sex on it first and then go shopping? And he just says, I like you. And that was like, I feel like that was genuine Barney. Yeah. You know? So that's 10 sessions. What did you think? Excellent. Yeah? Yeah. It's a good one, right? Yep. You can tell that there's something something good going on with Stella. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know? Yeah. She seems smart and mm-hmm. oh, funny and cool and, but, you know, a little bit out of reach. 
So let's see what our friends had to say about this episode. Sam's legendary moment for 10 sessions was, um, oh, well, actually, Sam says, I really enjoyed your No Tomorrow episode, especially getting to hear Kate and Liz's full yellow umbrella story. Yeah. Isn't that nice? Um, and then she says, my legendary moment for 10 sessions is the song that plays during Ted and Stella's two-minute date. And that's a big star, um, the song 13. And that is a really pretty song. Next up, we have Danielle. And Danielle says her legendary moment is definitely Barney's fireball at the bar table and his subsequent timeout. <laughs> Excellent little moment to, to fill some time. Because it really isn't like a B plot. It's just an all, yeah. an all Ted episode. And so they needed some silly little things like that. Next up, we have Lisa. And uh, Lisa's one of our patrons, so she gets her uh, emails read in their entirety. And Lisa says, hey, ladies, this episode is just cute. First off, I remember all of the promos talking about how Britney Spears was returning to the spotlight by guest starring in this episode. Wow, it takes me back. She is one of my favorite guests on the show. Secondly, the two-minute date with Stella, such a cute idea. I'll save my further comments in lieu of spoilers. Thank you very much. <laughs> Anywho, legendary moment is the fact that Marshall knows exactly what he wants for lunch <laughs> 10 weeks from now and that he legitimately orders that exact meal when the 10 week ha weeks happen. <laughs> this is just so Marshall and I love it. Have a great week. <clears throat> he was counting down to that as much as Ted was counting down. <laughs> like, Damn, that sounds good. <laughs> Uh, next up is Bobby, who's another one of our patrons, and she says, Hello, ladies. My legendary moment for this episode is Britney Spears. This is actually the first episode of Him You Might Ever Saw, because I used to be obsessed with Britney. Oh, okay. Although she isn't the best actress, I do find her charming, and she does have some funny moments. Agreed. This episode will always hold a special place for me, because it's how my love of Him began. I hope you're both having a great summer. Thank you, Bobby. That's a good one. Next up is Abha, and she says, My legendary moment is from the time Ted realizes Barney sabotaged his 10th session for $10 bet. Lily encourages him to still pursue Stella because of the incident with Marshall. I love how Marshall has initially gone undercover to figure out whether Stella likes Ted or not, <laughs> but the moment he hears about his irregular mole, all hell broke, breaks loose, and he says, I'm dying here, woman. <laughs> Epic. Only Marshall can do this. I love it. So freaking good. Uh, next up is Susan, and Susan says, My legendary moment is when the gang gets onto Barney for using magic tricks involving fire, and they put him in timeout. <laughs> Special kudos to Wendy the waitress saying, Barney, we've talked about this. It's a fire code <laughs> violation. So you just know how many times this has happened. Uh, next up is Tish, and she's another one of our patrons. And Tish says, Hey, ladies, I think I got to go with a classic two-minute date for my legendary moment. It's just so cute. I hope someday someone will be that extra for me. It's pretty sweet. I mean, the lesson of, a turning, of turning a no into a yes can be a little misconstrued. Amen, which we talked about. Um, but for, Ted, for Ted's purposes, it's cute. Congrats to whoever won the contest. I could not come up with any guesses, so good job to all those who, who participated. Well, the answer is nobody won, because <laughs> we're apparently fucking weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right, so next up is Jeff, and Jeff's legendary moment is Marshall's tangent on baboons. His earnest delivery of the line, it's called presenting, cracks me <laughs> up every time. Very good one. Um, Dina's up next, and she's another one of our patrons. And Dina says, hey, ladies, excited to finally be sending in a ledge mo for y'all. Um, first of all, Dina, I am so 
in love with the fact that you said ledge mo <laughs> because I say it all the time and now apparently it's caught on a little bit. I just love briefs. So she says, I was torn between saying Britney Spears and Sarah Chalk, but I'm going to say Sarah Chalk because I loved her so much in Scrubs and I loved seeing her in Himyum. Can I just say, though, I hate the line toward the end about turning a no into a yes. The line always bothers me because it's just entirely the wrong thing to take away from this and a disgusting way to approach ejection. Uh, approach to rejection. I just want to shake Ted and give him some literature about consent and about not being a fucking creep. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, your level hell. Your blah, 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 Your level-headed commentary honestly often makes this kind of problematic shit on the show a lot easier to watch. Thank you so much, Dina. I appreciate it. Uh, stay awesome and beautiful. And um, we've talked about it several times, but I mean. We fucking love this show, and we also know that if this show were to be made by these two guys in 2019, a lot of these jokes wouldn't happen, and they say that too. And when we met them, they even said that they like when we, you know, talk about the problematic stuff and Mm -hmm. and dissect it Mm -hmm. and that we should not stop talking shit, as Craig said. Amen. He's like, I love it. I was like, (laughs) okay, cool. Um, But we always do it with love and respect because we fucking love this show. I mean, seriously. Okay. The next one is from Arunab, I think is how you say it. And he says um, his legendary moment is when Barney convinced Ted to grow a mustache using some made-up word for the condition when women like mustaches in men. (laughs) (laughs) Folliculophilia. Very good one. And last but not least is Carlin, another new one. And Carlin says, my legendary moment for this show is the brief moment when you see Lily scratching Marshall's back at the bar. And he just has the best look on his face. I caught this moment last year during a rewatch, and I can't believe I missed it. Yeah, same. I never saw it until, like, yeah, this week. And I've watched this show a lot. (laughs) What's your legendary moment, Liz? My legendary moment is definitely... Marshall knowing what he's going to eat 10 weeks from now and then eating it. Yeah. And being so proud of himself about Aww. it. Offering shrimp cocktail? <laughs> Have a shrimp. Suit yourself. <laughs> Your funeral. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just Marshall, Marshall's funny. He he's the gets me. freaking best. It was a good one. Um, Hard to pick one. Moment. Yeah. It was good. I'm going to give it to the two-minute date, you know? Yeah, of course. It's an amazing moment. It's iconic to the show. <sighs> you get to see Josh and Sarah really just vibing hard and that's great yeah so thanks for listening everybody we will see you next time for the bracket which is a super fun episode so make sure you send in your legendary moments to hey beautiful podcast at gmail.com and if you loved this recap go over and leave us an itunes review it's a fun free easy way to help other people like you find us And make sure you subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Spotify so you never miss one of our recaps. We hope you'll come back next episode because it's going to be legend. Wait for it. This has been Hey Beautiful with your hosts, Kate and Liz. Our intro outro music is by Owl All. Keep that in.